Next on News for the Soul Radio, it's time for Crystals for the Soul with Linda Perry. Linda has worked with crystals for over 20 years and has a wealth of knowledge on how to use them to support our spiritual journey. She brings her deep knowledge and powerful intuition to her coaching sessions, classes, and her crystal store. Please welcome Linda Perry. Back to News for the Soul. Welcome, everyone, and happy February, and lots going on this month with Pluto moving into Aquarius, it's Valentine's, it's the Year of the Dragon starting this Saturday, and it's a leap year. Lots of stuff going on. Today, what I wanted to do is um, we've had lots and lots of questions Um, over the last few years about um, crystals for grounding, like what crystals are really good for grounding. So I wanted to um, take a crystal and talk about it a little bit more in depth. And the crystal I I decided to start with was hematite. Um, We all know hematite. Um, in my grandmother's era, which would have been in the 30s, uh, 30s and 20s, 30s and 40s, 50s, um, she actually wore a marquee-shaped um, ring on her finger, her baby finger, and it was actually polished, faceted hematite. But at that kind time what they did was they called it black alaskan pearl and i'm i haven't researched to find out why they called it that um but it actually was hematite now um hematite is the most important and abundant source of iron ore um basically in the world and commonly found in rocks and soil So um, it has that distinctive kind of metallic luster and it can come in various colors. So it can range from black to gray to reddish brown, which is why when you see hematite in quartz, it's quite often red. I've got a nice, beautiful, large um, quartz sphere and it's got a big swash up in the top of it of red hematite and it kind of looks almost like a a dragon with wings um and then you get it in um where it looks a little bit more brownish or even a little bit orangish which would be um tangerine quartz um you get it where it forms over top of um, amethyst and that's called red capped amethyst and it looks more like a brown red uh, with that um, but it's been found in meteorites and apparently it has also been found on Mars maybe that's why it's red <laughs> um, it can be found by itself or it can be found in different rock formations in many, many locations throughout the world. So it's very, very prolific. Um, 
beads that were once that are made from hematite have been found in archaeological sites that date back to 75,000 years ago and that makes it one of the earliest used minerals by humans now in ancient Egypt hematite was associated with the goddess Isis and was used in amulets for protection and also for childbirth it's reddish color you know like they link that reddish color with um, blood which is of course the life-giving forces Roman soldiers used hematite to polish their armor with they believed it imbued them with strength and courage in battle Various Native American tribes used hematite for ceremonial purposes, for tools, for ornaments, and appreciating its ability, ability, sorry, beauty, and its um, durability. It has been known to provide pain relief and has excellent grounding and balancing energy. It stimulates the mind and will heighten self-confidence. It'll heighten self-worth. It will um, enhance our willpower, our strength, our fortitude, and our stamina. So it does quite a bit. Um, it also helps to transmute or what that means is to change negative energy that's around you into positive or anything that's attached to your aura or energy field. It, is, um, it helps to change that into positive energy. And it contains um, unwanted energy and will block psychic attacks as well. So the same thing that black tourmaline does can also do so all you have to do is keep a piece with you to help keep you grounded to keep you anchored to keep you centered and to keep you feeling like your feet both feet are firmly planted on the ground and that you're not sort of feeling woozy and swaying and stuff like that and that's energetically um, you can place a piece of hematite at the four corners of your crystal grid. Um, so you make up a crystal grid and then you put, you make um, a little box with four pieces of hematite so that it can fully contains your crystal grid. And what that does is so the energies in your space or where you have placed your crystal grid don't mix with your intention and the crystals in your grid and vice versa like it it keeps your crystal grid being exactly what you set it up for and to do you can also do this if you are a um, uh, crystal healer or rate do reiki or any kind of energy work you can place hematite at the four corners of your reiki table or rather what is better to do is you place it outside so that when you step into that space with your client you are also fully contained in that protective shield so you put it at the four corners 
that you define of your working area with your client, and it does the same thing. Whatever energies you have in in your, your space, and this can just come from other crystals too, right, that um, you don't want them maybe messing with whatever crystals you are using with your client. So it forms that shield, and then anything that your client kind of lets go of does not go into your own space until you actually can clear it all out. And then you can take the hematite down and you would cleanse them and either put up four new ones or the four cleansed ones. Um, You can also place them at the corners of your bed or the corners of your bedroom. And that is... Um, that allows you to feel like you're fully protected while you're sleeping and it creates that shield around your bed or in your bedroom. And if you've got quite a large bedroom, what you can do is put them at the four corners of the bed and the four corners of the bedroom. So there's lots of protection. And it will help to dispel any negative energy that might come into that space for whatever reason. Sometimes when we're out, we tend to pick up other people's stuff, right? Sometimes they send it to us and we're unaware and they might even be unaware they're doing it. But you can combat that as much as possible by carrying a piece of hematite in both pockets. Um, If you can in both pockets, uh, carry it in your purse. Sometimes people carry little, or women carry little flat pieces in their bras. What you'd want to do maybe is put one on either side so you're very balanced that way. Um, But doing things like that helps your aura, your energy to stay clear and to protect you while you're out or while you're doing anything or while you are with a person or people who you feel are a little bit negative and you don't want to take on their energy. So that helps to um, keep that away from you. So it's a good idea to have that if you feel like, especially if you're going into any situation like that where you feel it's it's kind of negative. Um, I know some people look at um, there's negativity in my workplace. Um, you can put hematite there as well. Um, or carry it on you, or both. Either one will be good. Um, Hematite is a root chakra stone, so that's another reason why it's very good for grounding and balancing and stabilizing your energy field because it helps you to root right down back down onto the earth, right? So, As I said, if you're feeling a bit ungrounded or a bit spacey and not sure why, hold a piece of hematite in your hand, especially your left hand. Your left hand is your receiving hand, so meaning that whatever's in your left hand, whether it's jewelry or something you're holding, that gets pulled into your body that energy gets pulled into your body. If you've got jewelry or you're holding something in your right hand, what you're doing is putting it out into your environment. So it comes in on the left side and goes out on the right side. Left is receiving, right is giving. 
So what you'd want to do is hold a piece of hematite in your left hand <clears throat> to help you ground back into your body or feel like you're grounded and your feet are firmly planted on the ground. Starts to get rid of that kind of spacey feeling. And it's really good to do this if... Um, you have been working with high vibration crystals. Um, it's good to have that grounding crystal in there or by you so that you can grab it when you're finished that work so that it helps to bring you back into the earthly plane, so to speak. Now, if you have been working or med, oh, I just said that, um, you know, with the high vibration crystals. Um, but by doing that, it helps to balance your aura and also to align your chakras, which it brings together body, mind, and spirit. And that for sure helps you feel like you're grounded and um, have your feet firmly planted on the ground. So those high vibration crystals... Um, when we work with those, those take us way up, right? Up through the crown, the soul star, the stellar gateway, and we're way up in those realms. And sometimes that makes us feel so ungrounded that we're not really here on the earth. Um, and that's what a grounding crystal will do. It helps to bring us back down onto the earth. We can still stay connected up there, but we still need to be connected here because this is where we are. This is where our physical form is. Um, and while we're here, we want to be as balanced as possible and aligned as possible. So aligning your chakras, bringing everything together, you, your energy flows so much better that way. Um, you feel so much better as well. Now, just like um, jet is one, um, amethyst is another, that can help with headaches. Am uh, hematite can help with headaches as well. And uh, some people use it for pain relief. And they, you can place it right where you have the pain or the nearest chakra as well if you're going to do chakra um, healing or clearing to help that energy flow to be able to take that away and absorb it. You can also help to align your spine by um, either um, having somebody do it for you. So if you lay on your stomach what you do is you place some pieces of hematite, um, use the small tumbled so that they don't, they're not heavy. Um, place them along intervals um, along your spine. But start <clears throat> um, up above, you know, you're at the base of your, your head and then your neck and then maybe a couple along your spine and one at the end of your spine. And that is supposed to help with back pain and alignment as well. Now, if you don't have anybody around to help you do that, what you can do is lay them out either on the floor or a bed or where it's most comfortable for you in those um, positions and then lie back down on them. 
Or the other thing is, is to have them underneath your bed that way. And what you could do as well is put beside it a rod of selenite so that they they go in the in um, the way your spine goes, and both will help to um, take some pain away. It will help to align the spine, and of course that selenite is really good to clear the the aura and the energy field as as hematite is, but it also brings in that white light uh, to help. Now, if you've got kids or you yourself, if you're in university or something like that and you are studying or you're taking any kind of courses, you can use hematite because what it does, it stimulates memory. So if you are really needing to work with memory or um, your kids are maybe having a tough time at school, get them to put hematite in their pocket when they're going to school and they're learning. And that could really help them with um, uh, remembering um, what they've learned so that when an an exam comes along, um, they'll be able to remember the answers and to be able to write them down. So I know um, for me in school, I hated tests. I hated exams. I was always intimidated by them. So it wasn't that I didn't know my stuff. I was just so nervous that um, I had a very hard time. And um, if you have um, a child or you yourself or like that and you hear the word test or exam, right away it's like, oh, I'm going to fail, you know, because I'm, it's um, it's intimidating and, you know, that sort of thing, get hematite or give them hematite. It helps them with their self-confidence and their um, self-esteem as well. So they will be able to say, I could do this, and it helps with their memory so they can go off to do this and feel like they are empowered. Um, to be able to go and take this exam and to remember what they learned in school. Because sometimes when, you when you're so nervous and <clears throat> anxious and everything, your mind just goes blank or you're, it focuses somewhere else and not on what you need it to focus on. So um, hematite really helps with that. Now, you can work with hematite in meditation if you want, in crystal healing. You can do body layouts, or you can wear it in jewelry. Um, You can grid your home, um, things like that, crystal grids. Um, When you wear it in jewelry, what happens when you wear crystals right next to the skin? is that it touches the skin and the energy really, really melds, especially if you're wearing anything on your, um, like a pendant around your neck. You're actually hitting your chakra. It's like your center column, and that's where your chakra energy runs up and down. 
And um, that helps to get energy flowing when you do that. And men can wear um, pendants and stuff too. Um, They don't always have to show if they don't want them to show. And there are point pendants or things that they might deem more masculine. There is that kind of jewelry out there. Um, And in the case of a bracelet, when you wear bracelets, um, especially, like I said, on the left hand, it hits the meridian lines. So when it's um, um, going into your body, your meridian lines flow in your in on your left side into your body, where on your right side it's out, like I had said earlier. Um, so when you wear your bracelets on your left hand, then the energy that seeps into your body, your meridian lines pick it up, right? And the energy that flows through them brings that energy throughout your whole body. So that's how the the energy gets into your body as well. Um, That's one way. Um, But it helps to get whatever stone you're working with, but in this case we're talking about hematite, flows through your body. Okay, and of course, iron is very grounding, but with the red, especially if it is a red, um, that really helps your um, kind of the the blood flowing through your body as well. Um, And as I said before, it actually is present in in many other crystals. One of them um, is quartz. And um, some people call it hematite in quartz or hematoid quartz. Um, And that's just, that's all that means, that it's quartz that has some hematite in it. Um, But one of the others that has hematite that's really good, especially if you feel like you need some motivation or an extra push or a fire lit under your butt, is tiger iron. Now, some people have not heard of tiger iron, but what it is, is tiger eye with hematite in it. And sometimes it will have red jasper in it for the fiery part. Um, But it's heavier than um, tiger eye because, of course, it has the hematite in it, which is iron, which is heavier. So that's a really good um, uh, stone to carry if you feel like that you you need a little bit of a motivation push. So when you're out at a, um, a crystal shop or a crystal show or sale or something like that, um, and you see something in it that's got kind of that, um, it's almost a silvery gray shine, and you might see a vein running through it or something like that, just know that that's hematite. And it will feel probably, depending on how much hematite's in it, may feel a little bit heavier than you would normally think it would feel. Um, And you could do a test by picking up a piece of tiger eye and pick up a piece of tiger iron that are approximately the same size and feel the weight and feel how the tiger iron is actually quite a bit heavier. 
So that is hematite today, and um, uh, a crystal that I haven't really talked much about, and certainly something that you could use, and it's very prolific as well, that if you wanted to add something extra to your collection or something that you're doing, um, it might be a good one to try. And especially, as I said, um, if you've got kids that are um, um, in school and need a little bit of help with that memory and tests and things like that. So I do have some questions today. We have Andy in the UK. He's asking... What crystals complement each other to raise their power for clarity and manifestation? Well, Andy, I what I would say is quartz and anything else. Quartz is what enhances, magnifies, amplifies other crystals. And if you're wanting to do it for manifestation, then you could use citrine or feds arfetsonite, yellow fluorite, peridot, or any other manifestation crystal that you want. Or you could make a grid out of all of them and put quartz in the middle and quartz points on the outside, and that's really going to enhance manifesting power. And quartz itself is all about clarity as well, so you've already got the clarity in the quartz. So that's what I would do, and, and that's what I usually do do. When I do any kind of a grid for anything, I like to have at least one piece of quartz because it will magnify the intention that I have for that crystal grid, and it will in- magnify the energies of the other crystals I use. So I've always said if you have some crystals that you're working with together, you can add quartz with it because it will make them all stronger if you want them stronger. Okay? So very, very simple, just a piece of quartz. And, of course, manifesting crystals, citrines, one of my favorites, are fedsonite, yellow fluorite, peridot. I think scapolite is another one. Um, There are quite a few different um, ones you can use for manifesting. Um, But I would think citrine and peridot are probably the two that are the more common ones. Um, Magnetite is another one, or lodestone. That would work too. Yeah, so good luck with that, Andy. Thank you for sending your question in. Cheryl in New York, this is a very, very beautiful question. She's planning a very special anniversary for her mom and dad. It's their 50th anniversary, and happy anniversary to them. That's awesome. They both are very into energy, although she doesn't think that they've invested in crystals much yet, and she's asking what I can recommend for a gift for them. I just think this is just so beautiful, Cheryl, to, for you to be doing this. Now, traditionally, gold is for the 50th um, anniversary, and gold represents the sun. It represents abundance, um, prosperity, um, and a crystal... Um, 
I would choose Ruby. Ruby to me is, um, it's all about love and it's all about passion. It's a very hard crystal. It's um, one under uh, hardness on the Mohs scale than diamond. So it's very, very enduring and has lots of stamina and it symbolizes the heart. And I don't know how much money that you are planning to spend on a gift for them. But one thing that came to me was, um, it it might be a little expensive, but um, a matching little ruby and gold pinky rings would be really amazing, (laughs) I thought. But um, ruby is definitely love and passion, and um, I think it would be a really lovely compliment um, to a 50th wedding anniversary. Um, there's also blue sapphire. It is for love and commitment um, and maybe recommitment. It's, it, either one would be really, uh, really great for that. But ruby, because it's red, you know, it's like what we think about Valentine's. Everything's red, red hearts, you know, things like that. And it really complements gold. The gold makes the ruby look so warm. Um, so that was would be my suggestion for something like that. Would be a nice piece of ruby. Um, I know that um, different places will have different types of ruby. They may have different shapes, things like um, from rough to tumble to shaped like an egg or a sphere or something like that, or a piece of jewelry, and that's kind of why I suggested because of your dad, I suggested a maybe a little pinky ring or something like that um, might work, and then they would both have the same one together. So um, so that was kind of my suggestion, was ruby, and you could also look at blue sapphire, or you could get the two together. Or emerald, the three together would be really nice, actually. But um, any one of those three would be good. So I hope that helps you, Cheryl, and much luck in planning this special anniversary for your mom and dad. It's awesome for them to reach that in their marriage. We have Annie in Seattle, and she wants to know what is the strongest protection crystal and how do we use it? Um, Her question followed in with what I was talking about today. And not only is hematite for grounding, but it's also for protection. And there are many protection crystals. Um, They're all strong. um, But what's the most important is what feels right to you. I'll give you some um, protection crystals, black tourmaline or numite and fire agate together black obsidian, black onyx, hematite, lodestone, or it's also called magnetite, are very strong protective stones. Um, They all help with shielding you from negative energy, from any energy people maybe send at you, 
um, that's not for your highest good. And sometimes people know they're doing it. Sometimes they don't. Um, but I would also add a piece of selenite um, because it brings in the light and it helps to keep your aura extra special clear as well. Um, and the way you work with them is you just hold them. You can wear them as jewelry. Um, you can put them in your pockets. You can put them in the corners of your rooms at home. You can put it on your desk at work or at school. Um, if there is um, anybody else in the household, especially a child or something, that needs um, any of those crystals, you can put it in their backpack or their pockets. Um, you can make up little grids um, for protection by using some of those crystals. Um, you can meditate with them and maybe find out um, where the source of things are coming from and, while, and also... Um, what is it in you that feels that you need that extra protection? And find out what that is. Get to the source of things so that some of that can be cleared up and you may not feel the need so deeply to feel all of that protection. Um, and I think that's a really, um, a really good thing to do. Um, and it's not something you have to share with anybody. This is a personal journey, I think, for you. And um, you could um, work with those, um, one or two of those crystals, whichever feels good to you. So you could go out. If you don't have any of them, you can go to your local crystal shop. Or if you don't have one, look on the Internet and um, you could always get one mailed to you from someone. Just make sure that you feel they are reputable. Um, we have all of these crystals actually in the store, um, but you can certainly go with somebody who is close to you. Um, and um, then when you get it, clear it. So run it through sage or you know things like that. Sage actually is another one for for smudge your home with sage because that is clearing, it's cleansing, it's healing as well. And then you can place crystals around as well to um, keep that energy at bay and protect your home. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, we, um, we smudge with sage at the end of every day at the store and we smudge with um, sweetgrass in the morning to bring in positive energy. So if you haven't smudged your home before, make sure that you open up a window a little bit or a door because you want to be able to let that energy escape somehow. Okay? And um, I'll just quickly go over how to it to do it just in case you're not sure how. Um, you get your sage and you want to get have a little dish underneath this, that sage bundle or piece of sage because you don't want ash all over your house. So you light your sage, you fan out or blow out the flames because so, you just want um, a little bit of smoke. You do not have to fill up your whole space with sage. 
to smudge. You just need a little bit. And what you want to do is you want to call in what I call your heavenly support team. So it could be your ancestors. It could be people who have passed over that are close to you, your angels, that sort of thing. You ask them to come and help you clear your space, um, clear it of negativity, whatever it is you want to clear it of. You want to get rid of that negativity so that it's nice and sparkly and comfortable and happy and uplifted. And then what you do, you start walking in a clockwise direction around your home, stating out loud why you want to do this. Just like what I said, to please help clear the energy in my space to make it um, more of a high vibration and positive energy. And you want to do every room, and you always go in a clockwise direction. You want to get under things, so under tables, up in corners, um, so you get your whole home. Um, If you are in a home and you have an attached garage, you need to do the garage as well because that's all part of your home. If it's it's, um, not attached to your home, you don't have to worry about your garage. Okay, and then once your whole home is done, so you go um, basement, main floor, upstairs if you have it, in every bedroom, every room, including your, well, the natives feel you don't need to do your bathroom because water's always running there and you're flushing the toilet, so they feel energy already goes out in the bathrooms, but you can do a bathroom if you feel you want to. It is no, no. Um, doesn't matter if you don't do it. Doesn't matter if you do do it. Um, and once you're finished, then you can run your um, sage where it was lit underwater, so it's it's out. And the next time you go to use it, it will be dry. Um, and then just leave it like that for a day or so, and feel how the energy is. If you feel like you need to sage it again and do it. And once you feel it's nice and clear, then only when you feel you need to do it should you have to do it. You don't have to do it on a daily basis. Um, But then you can put your crystals around. And um, if you want protection crystals, any one of the ones I mentioned, which again are black tourmaline or numite and fire agate, numite by itself is fine too. Black obsidian, black onyx, hematite, lodestone, or it's also called magnetite, um, are really good for um, protection. Amethyst is another one that's really good for protection. And if you want that energy to be stronger, put a piece of, a little tumbled piece of quartz with each one of the pieces that you place around your home. You can put them in the four corners of every room if you want to in your house, that would be up to you. Or an area that you feel needs the most protection. You can just put them there if you like as well. So um, I hope that helped you, Annie. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think if there was something else I wanted to say about that. Um, Oh, and then what you could do as well if you feel like you need it when you're out is put a piece in your pocket when you go out, one of the protection crystals, 
You can also put a piece of selenite or a piece of um, quartz with it as well. Or you could keep something in your purse all the time. Just remember to every so often take them out and clear them. Don't put selenite in water. It will eventually break down. It'll, get, it'll go gray and it'll break down and start dissolving. So you have to smudge selenite. Some people say that you don't need to clear selenite or citrine, but just remember citrine is a quartz and it will pick things up, so yes, you do. And selenite, I have seen it pick things up, and I have seen it turn gray with somebody working with it. So it does need cleansing. And then you could just put them in the sun for a couple of hours. Um, does, you don't, if it's cold out, just put them on a windowsill or a table beside a window where it catches some of the sun for a couple of hours, and then they're all re-energized to be able to use again. So good luck with that, Annie. I hope that helps. If there's anything else that you have questions about, um, please feel free to to, uh, send your questions in as well next time, okay? We have one more question today, and this is Trudy from right here in Alberta where I am. Um, She's wondering if getting a stone tumbler is a good idea. And how do you know what rocks to tumble? And how do you know where to find them? Well, those are quite the questions, Trudy. (laughs) Um, I would say a stone tumbler would be really good for somebody who is going to be doing a lot with um, rock hounding. Rock hounders usually have tumblers. Um, they're not inexpensive, I'll tell you that right now. They're not inexpensive. Here in Calgary, there is a lapidary shop called Greens, and they sell equipment like that. Um, I'm not sure where in Alberta you are, but there's, if you're close to Calgary, you might be able to come in and talk to them as well. There's also a club here, the Calgary Rock and Gem Club, and they do have rock hounders in their club. And I think they also have people who um, carve <clears throat> as well as facet um, gems. And they have people, I believe, who also tumble. Um, personally, I don't want a tumbler. They're very loud. And you have to know what you're doing. And you have to put stuff in there to tumble them. And... You, and a tumbler is something that tumbles little tumbled stones or larger tumbled stones. You do not put a sphere in there or um, a generator or anything like that. These are just for tumbled stones. So if you're going to be working a lot with tumbled stones or doing things of your own, then you might want to look into a tumbler Um, And if you are going to be doing that, then um, you want to get one that's of good quality and not going to break down. And you wouldn't want it in your home. You would want it out in a garage or property in a different place that's not really close to your home because tumblers have to tumble for sometimes a week. I mean, it's days, right? 
that um, they tumble these stones, and it's very loud. And you also have to have, I don't know if they call it shot or something else in there to help the tumbling process, um, to help the stones break down and start to get smooth. And then they do put a, um, oh, a little something over top of it to make the stone um, bright. And, and I'm meaning like a, a clear something over top for some of the crystals as well. So they tumble them and then they polish them. So that's all. That's like sanding. If you were to sand something, you start out with a with a really grainy sandpaper, and then as you get it smoother, you go to a less grainy sand until you get to a very fine one, and then it's very very smooth and satiny, and that's how you tumble, as well. How do you know what rocks to tumble? Well, I think you would, um, the people that um, I have known who have been, who are rock hounds, um, they go out, some of them are retired people, and they go to Arizona for the for the winter or a place like that and they go out into the desert and, and places they know where to go and to dig stones and they get things and that's what they tumble some of them actually make like uh, I've seen men with bolos that they've made with a big stone in, in the, uh, the centerpiece um, or they sometimes make keychains and you know belt buckles and, and things like that with the things that they tumble and um, polish or facet. And faceting a gem or making something um, with a straight bottom on it so that you set it like jewelry, that's called a cabochon, or you get fancier jewelry where it's got all these little facets on it, that's a different process. That is not tumbling. And you use this wheel and you you facet with that. That's more of an art form. Um, but I think that what you would want to do if you're wanting to um, go somewhere to find rocks, I would Google um, uh, uh, something like um, digging rocks on my own. There are places in Canada and the States where you can go and you you can dig your own stones. Like there's one place in um, Arkansas, I think it's Ron Coleman Mining, but I, I think there's other places down there too, that you pay for a day and you can go and you can dig through dirt and all that kind of stuff, red dirt and everything. And some people have found some amazing um, cluster, quartz clusters and stuff, and some some really beautiful quartz clusters come from Arkansas. But there are other places, and I know there's places in Canada um, and in Western Canada that you can go and dig your own rocks, and you would just need to Google um, uh, where can I go to 
dig gemstones or dig rocks or, you know, that kind of thing. And there are usually mines and places around that you can go to that you can do that with. But as far as a tumbler, I know for me it would not be a good idea, but for other people it would be. Depends how into it you are. But I would really suggest either calling or visiting a lapidary shop and talking to them about the process. The whole process you would have to go through. What is the cost of something like that? How much does a tumbler cost? And how long does it last? Because it's not just tumbling stones. There's a lot else, a lot more that goes into it. So when you hear the process and you see what it goes through, when you go to a shop and you buy a one or two or three or four, five, six dollar stone, you have a much more deeper appreciation of what that's, how that stone came to you in that form. The same would be for um, cutting, <clears throat> faceting pieces for jewelry, um, for uh, spheres. They start with a sphere. They start with a huge piece. And most of it gets cut away. Um, and they do use it for other, though that stuff that they cut away, they use it for other things as well, like tumbled stones <laughs> and smaller pieces. But it goes through quite a process in to do a sphere as well. So when you see how, what people do and, and what they have to do and, some of the conditions, they get dirty, I'll tell you, um, that uh, to get from a piece of raw crystal to a really nice sphere, it went through a lot of transformation along the way. And the same goes for tumbled stones. So that's what I would do, Trudy, is I would go to a lapidary shop because they know the business. They They have... Um, the more answers for you than I can give and will tell you what a whole process is and what what it entails. And from there, you would be able to decide if getting a stone tumbler is a good idea, if it's something you want to do. Um, do you want to go out and find the rocks and go hiking in the hills or the mountains and digging through dirt and things like that. Sometimes you find things, sometimes you don't. So um, um, it's not always being able to find something every time you go out either. But when you find something, it would be fantastic. (laughs) It's always a good feeling to find something. But I really appreciate those people out there And usually they are in India or Brazil or China or a place like that that are doing a lot of the tumbling and the um, cutting and faceting and everything. But some of the local lapidaries have some equipment for people who do it here locally. And they would be able to help you much more than I can with the details. 
So good luck with that, Trudy. And maybe if you decide to get a stone tumbler, you could come back and tell us what you did. That would be amazing. I would love to hear um, what you do with it if you choose to get a tumbler and um, what uh, what sorts of things that you're doing, what sorts of things you're finding. I think that would be amazing to find out and to learn and to know. So good luck with that, and I thank everybody for sending in their questions for the show today. Um, my next one is March 5th at 9 a.m. Um, Pacific Time here in Canada. Um, and just please, please continue to send in your questions and your comments because we all learn that way, and I love getting questions. And we had some really nice, interesting ones today. I think that was great. Um, and I think Annie in Seattle, she fell along with um, the topic I had today, so I think that was really great too. Um, but if you're looking for um, specific information or just information on certain crystals and stuff and you don't have anyone to ask, I really encourage you, go check out my website. It's soulfoodcrystals.com. That's S-O-U-L-F-O-O-D, crystals.com. There's many, many, many crystals on there, some that are rare and collectible, some um, that are more common. So we have everything in between. Although you can't have every crystal because there's so many out there. Um, but I've done write-ups for everything. So you're more than welcome to go and check out the website and read about a crystal if you are um, wanting to know more about it. It certainly is there. And um, if you're wanting to know anything more, you can certainly um, um, either write into the show or you can drop an email through the um, website and we will definitely answer you and get you the information um, that you are requesting. So um, that is what I had for today. Um, I wish you all a very happy February and also a happy Valentine's Day. And I just want to leave you with this one thing. This is a leap year. We have an extra day this month for a leap year. And this is something I'm going to be talking about in newsletters this, this month too, is it's, a, it's like a gift of time. Cheryl, who works for me, says, it's a gift of time to have an extra day. How many times have we all said, oh, I wish I had an extra day? Well, guess what? We have one. What are you going to do with it? Think about what you will do with that extra time that you're going to have this year as a gift. And It's like a gift from, I guess, the people who did the calendars <laughs> so that it every four years it balances out and um, there are many things that we can um, do with time self-care is a big one um, and maybe you're working on that day what can you do with your gift of time at work so think about that and I hope you have a great month um, if you if you feel like it and want to, 
please um, send me emails and tell me what you did with your time for the next um, radio show in March. I would love to hear what you do with your time. So have a great month, and I'll see you back on what was it, March 5th. Many crystal blessings. Bye. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.